Hey everyone, welcome to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast, a podcast dedicated towards helping you stay healthy so you can stay on the golf course and not in the clubhouse. We will be covering all things golf, from fitness, performance, injury recovery, instruction, and everything else in between. I am your host, Dr. Russ Manalastis. I am a board-certified sports physical therapist and strength coach based out of Rochester, New York. Our goal with this podcast is to help you play your best golf yet while doing so without limitations. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. Today, we're joined by golf instructor and owner of The Art of Simple Golf, Alex Forte. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Hello, sir. How's it going? Not bad, man. So I'm really interested to kind of have a conversation with you. Um, uh, maybe why don't we start this way? Why don't we maybe kind of tell us a little bit more about your background, maybe how you got into the golf, your journey with, with the sport of golf, and then ultimately what led you to creating this social platform of The Art of Simple Golf and go from there? Right. Okay. Well, I, I guess compared to most, I got into golf pretty late. It was, I think I was 17, like 16, 17, about that. I uh, watched Ernie Els. I Actually, I, I saw Nick Faldo win the Masters against Greg Norman. I think yeah. it was nine, maybe 96, I think it was. Yeah. So I sort of saw that and I had a couple of rounds with a friend that year. But it wasn't until I watched like... I got into it properly watching Ernie Els play Oakmont in 97. Yeah. Like, I, I would um, like, you know, we put recording on VHS, like I'm, I'm you know, 41 this year, but right. like VHS tapes and record it and watch it over and over and over. It was like him and Colin Montgomery and um, I can't remember who else, but uh, that's sort of got me into it. And I started playing at a public course and I, my first sort of, I can't even call it a set of clubs. Like I had a persimmon two wood. I had a half set of Wilson irons and I didn't even, I didn't even have a putter for like the first few months at all. But my first handicap was 10. Oh wow. So it, it became pretty, pretty naturally to me. Like sure. tennis was my first sport when I was younger and then like uh, ping pong. And so hand-eye coordination is one of the things I've been blessed with. Yeah. Um, so I was able to apply a lot of that to golf and like instinctual kind of thing. And I, yeah, by, you know, within four years, I'd won sort of county championships. I was fortunate enough to get great membership at a great club. Like they looked after me um, and I turned pro, played on the mini circuits and stuff, self-funded for a bit, got a bit of sponsorship. And I sort of went down the, the, the you know, the mini tours qualification for a while, but I um, I lost the passion for it because I started, I went down a route of trying to follow tour coaches, trying to be like the others. And I completely got away from the natural instincts of the way I had learned the game, you sure. know, just sort of watching, reading a couple of magazine tips, just focusing on tempo, trying to copy Ernie L's, all this kind of stuff. And just sort of went down a route of overcomplicating the game, trying to break down my swing, thinking I needed to be something different to what I was, even though I got into a level just being good. Yeah. And it, it not only ruined my game, but it ruined my interest of the game. And I didn't pick up a club for, I think it was about three years, oh, something wow. like that. Yeah. And, you know, but because towards the end of the point, my back was killing me, my body was hurting, my enjoyment for the game had tanked. It felt like I was just gambling with money I didn't have, like whether it was rent money, whether it was entrance fees and stuff. I was like, this is pointless. And to be honest, most guys on the 
like mini tours especially, they think they're like Rory McIlroy, but really most of them are just uh, rich kids pretending. So sure. I, I, I didn't really, I didn't really blend in too well. So I, I just sort of moved away from it. Where I actually got you know into fitness and marketing and stuff like that for a few years, and then got into running golf schools in Europe. Well, it was like tennis and golf schools, and that's how I kind of moved into coaching. And, you know, did that mostly with juniors and, and up and coming, like really good quality kids and sort of evolved into that and just slowly kind of realized that there was a, a bit of a gap in the market because golf is so overcomplicated. Yeah. And, you know, realizing from my athletic background, from seeing how the body should work properly, and that's why I love your stuff. Yeah. Um, and just how difficult the golf industry has made golf, made people think how difficult golf is, sure. that it's about all these different complicated swing positions that you have to manipulate your body, that you've got to hit all these specific positions and break it down, break it down, break it down, whether it's where's my takeaway position, where's all this kind of stuff. And, you know, just realizing that golf is much more or it should be much more instinctual than it is and keeping it simple for people to only have a couple of thoughts and things like that instead of pinballing around from method to method i mean it's the same fitness and diet i guess like people jump from one diet to the next when they just and they're like why am i gaining weight or why do i yo-yo or whatever it's like with golfers they get better they get worse they get better they get worse because they're pinballing around all the time they're just there's like too much in the head. And I went down that route and it ruined my golf game. So it's like I'm trying to sort of filter the noise out for people and make, yeah, golf is a, is a freaking hard game. You know, yeah. there's so many variables. So we have to try and reduce those variables as much as possible and just stick to principles that work, you yeah. know, yeah. and how the body works, how the mind works and how we respond to targets kind of thing. So. Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting story because, I mean, I think, like you had mentioned, you know, when people, I mean, there's always aspirations for people to want to play professionally, right? Whether you're on mini tours or whatever it may be, but I think, like you had said, sometimes, you know, when you overcomplicate things and maybe don't get back to your instinctual things as to what made you the way you were, and you, like you said, you lose the passion and you lose the fire for wanting to compete at a high level. And yeah. again, the fact that you, you know, took some time away from the game and then came back to it. I mean, that's sometimes that, that's even hard for people, right? Yeah. Like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just done. You know, I'm just kind of burnt out from the sport. Yeah, I mean, I get messages each week, just people saying like, help me or I'm quitting kind of thing, like a threat yeah. or I'm totally fed up with this. I'm not improving. Yeah. And it's because they're making it, you know, miserable for themselves. And it's, sure. it's you know, whether it's a diet, people make it miserable for themselves in diets because they, they try and adhere to all these complicated rules that are just not realistic. You know, we're, we're not wired that way, mentally or physically. So, yeah. Yeah, so maybe kind of dive into a little bit more about kind of how maybe the Art of Simple Golf was formed. Was it formed after you kind of went through those tennis and, and golf you know, schools? How did yeah, that it, come yeah, about? It, it, it was after that and then, you know, just... There was a sort of a bit of an, an endeavor uh, into athletic golf training where it was sort of trying to do go golf performance and things like this. But then I realized that the thing I was truly passionate about was awakening people up to, to you know, the, trying to make golf more simple for people. And 
realizing that golf is meant to be enjoyed and it is i can't remember who it was now i used to know it to be honest but i've read something like it was an old pro i want to say it was maybe like a nicholas or a sneed or something like that sure talking about that it's a form of art like when you can see the way shots happen and what you can create on a golf course and the experience that you should have and not making it all airy fairy like even if you shank it, you're smiling and there's rainbows. <laughs> Just realizing that, you know, we, it's a wonderful opportunity to, you know, express yourself. And there's that form of meditation, whether it's just striking balls, that suddenly the world doesn't matter quite so much, you know, because you, you're, you're narrowing your focus. But if you lose that meditative sort of state, that simplicity, you defeat the purpose, you defeat the enjoyment of it. If you make it hard work about how you're trying to swing, how you're trying to play, I've got to hit it further, I've got to hit it straighter, I've got to score lower. As soon as you make it like very specific goal orientated like that, as opposed to just the process and enjoying the natural process and the simple way to do it, it becomes unenjoyable for people. And not only unenjoyable, it, it really hampers progress. Yeah. Like, you know, I think even a, um, a couple of days ago, Padraig Harrington said, there's no reason why most people can't be down to single figures if they keep it simple, basically. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's something, you know, I, I watch too many videos and read too many articles like in the golf industry and it's painful. It's just the same crap regurgitated over and over and over and over. And I'm not here saying my method is wonderful like people try and claim that their method is the only way this position the one plane the two plane whatever it might be the mo norman method the a swing of lead better yeah whatever it might be there's going to be people who say this method is perfect i'm not really even really talking about a method i'm just talking about common sense and finding helping people find their own swing so let's take the the sort of content that i've always sort of put out there it's not necessarily that it's conflicting. It's just trying to deliver the stuff that speaks to people. Like one tip might work for someone or one kind of feel or method might work for someone, but it might not resonate for someone else. But the key is sticking with it. Yeah. You know, like one of the main things is to really feel like your arms are heavy, like you're not trying to force it, that there's fluid feeling and a heaviness in your arms and allowing gravity to assist you as opposed to trying to force your body against it, you know? Yep. And it's one of, it's, we've got a popular video on it. It's a little bit old now, but it's a popular video and people are saying this is transform I get, you know, but it's not going to resonate with everyone, even though I probably had thousands of messages just alluding to, to that tip alone. But the, the, the art of simple golf was born out of the complication and the noise of the golf industry that it spouts out over and over and over and over and over and over and over it's it's horrid and and i fell down that trap and and even me doing my sort of research seeing what crap people are being fed i i find myself when if i'm hitting balls or something i'm falling prey to it even though i know that i shouldn't i'm like well maybe i should try this but then you try something and then you you uh, two days later you're trying something else so you're just pinballing around right. in this mess. You're like, golf is really hard. I'm not getting better. And it's, what, it's just trying to make it, as the, the title says, like that enjoyment, that art, that creativity, 
and keeping it simple for people. So, you know, it's a, it's a difficult game. So let's try and make it easier. Basically. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned, like there's no, the, the cookie cutter approach of saying, Hey, listen, you need to do it this way. You need to do it the way that I say, like, like you had mentioned, one thing is going to resonate with someone and it's not going to resonate with another. And that's okay. Right. It's a matter of figuring yeah, it out. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, one of the things I talk quite frequently about is just take the top 50 golfers in the world, male, female, whatever, senior tours, they all swing differently. Sure. Right. There's a few similarities, but if you took the silhouette of all these golfers, most people will be able to tell who is who right. you know, just from the silhouette of a, either an image or, or the swing in action. Yep. Just showing how different they're all swinging it. So when, you know, instructors are trying to get everyone in, you've got to be in this position, you've got to be in this position or whatever it might be. It's not real. It doesn't, it doesn't count because we are all built differently. We are all wired differently. We cannot move the same as the person next to us. Yeah. We can't put our arms in the same position as next to us, you know, and even golf coaches who tell you to, you've got to do this, this, and this, they don't, do it themselves, not consistently, or they're fighting against their tendencies or whatever it is. So it's learning to find your own ideal golf swing and golf game, the way you go about it. Yeah. And I think that can be applied to rehab. It can be applied to performance, fitness. Like there's no one easy way or one easy method. It's a matter of figuring out how can you make it your own, right? And yeah. if you make it your own, then ultimately that works best for you. And then from there, you just have to be consistent with it, right? And stick exactly. to the plan. Sort of be committed to that persistence of, but, then, but, but the problem is that people struggle with is the trust in that process, you yeah. know? It's because there's so much noise coming from everywhere. It's like, you know, do this for the top three things to improve your distance or something it's like they, but their distances are fine so they go, they go and try these three tips and they screw everything up right it, <laughs> so much noise i mean it's not just golf it's everything there's noise 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 when we're seeing it in all the media right now right. with the covid right. stuff what's real what's not it's just boom 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 hit all the time so it's trying to block that out and just enabling people to trust themselves uh, and find their own ideal way of learning of practicing, of enjoying the process, because perfection is not anywhere near possible. Right. You know, it, it, whether it's your Tiger Woods or whether you're Joe Bloggs, it, right. it, perfection <laughs> is not possible. Right. I mean, even uh, um, Jim Furyk, the day before, I can't remember the exact numbers, but the round, the round before he played, he shot one of his 59s or whatever it was. Yep. He shot 58 as well, didn't he? But I think he shot, it was like, seven or eight over par the day before and it's like the next day he's not trying to do it. i mean he's great because he swings his swing yeah. but perfection was impossible for him like he didn't try and do anything differently from one day to the next it just sort of worked out yeah you know? and yeah. he trusted his process that's yeah. it yeah i think that's well said and i think like you said a lot of times it's a matter of figuring out what works best for you and again like you mentioned with all the noise and social media and all the stuff that people are getting just, they're getting fed all day, every day. It's hard to really kind of filter through that stuff to see what works best for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a, I mean, what, what's the advice? It's tough. <laughs> it is tough. It's, it's just, you know, every golfer would have 
found the the secret source you know hit those shots it's like yeah this is it i found it stick with that yeah. it has to last it has yeah. to last a while and I'm, I'm actually producing some content on that about you know whether it's youtube channels or whether it might be they're pumping out tip after tip after tip that often contradicts each other one of them might work but you've got to stick with it as soon as yeah. you mess with the stuff you know it's not going to work yeah. And also it's very important, the, the mental sort of attitude about really trusting and feeling where you want to be, like really imagining yourself as that fluid, confident, pain-free golfer that's shooting the good scores, that's hitting the nice shots, yeah. actually encompassing that person, not just thinking about it, but being that person really does speed up the process to consistently become the golfer you want to be, yeah. you know, that is pain-free, that is healthy, that is swinging, is happy, smiling on the golf course, is sinking putts, is hitting more consistent shots than ever before. The yeah. more you encompass and feel the goodness of what that would be like, you know, you start imagining it, it allows it to happen a lot more as well. Yeah. And that's got nothing to do with technique. That's got nothing to do with how many balls you practice. That's just uh, smoothing out the journey to allow yourself to get out your own way type of thing. Yeah, that is, that is well said. And I think that there's a lot of parallels to what you're talking about to a lot of different things in a lot of different aspects of, of life in general, right? So I think that's really, that's really well said. So let's do this. Let's, um, let's maybe kind of talk about maybe just, you know, your experience with, you know, obviously, you know, with the art of simple golf and, you know, doing a lot of things virtually and, and things like that. Tell us maybe your experience with, you know, doing instruction or working with, let's say, golf athletes kind of virtually and how that goes for you. Okay. So, I mean, there's obviously some restrictions because you, you, it's very hard to understand the ball flight of people. Sure. But the, the, the key is why it works for for what we do in particular is the the power of giving something simple to do you know a simple cue you know not trying to that's the thing like a lot of um coaches are very hands-on like trying to manipulate people to feel this certain position but again you're manipulating too much it has to be a feel that works for the individual sure. so you sort of encourage and say you know i'd like you to feel more width and here's like a couple of drills that you can do to feel that but it's no good just grabbing their arms and shoving them out straight and you know you see you see people trying to do the turn and they're strained and it's like yeah that's where you need to be they're not they can't do it whether it's right, right. physical limitations whether it's age or whether it's just not how their body moves you know right. so being sort of virtual in that sense when we're either doing custom lessons or whether people are just following the tips that we have in our resources and programs, they can do it at their own pace a little bit, but it's also to their own feel. And that to me is, is very key. So it's all about just moving them along a path that gets them to where they want to be. But you know, it, it's yeah it's it's simple i keep saying yeah, the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we and and one of the main things is not about swing positions it's not anything you know we call it the simple process and it's an acronym and it's for every single shot you hit whether it's a putt whether it's a power drive an iron whatever it might be every single shot you hit to stop you guessing at golf because you see people just rip a club out and think oh, okay 
uh, I'm going to hit this shot and they just sort of go ahead and do it, think about their swing positions and go ahead and do it. That's just guessing. That's just allowing too many variables to happen. It's about being more precise. Yep. And it starts with that, the, the acronym that we have, which is strategy, choosing your strategy. And this only takes like a minute, if yep. that. And people are like, well, that takes a long time. It, it really doesn't because one, you're going to hit less shots. You know? <laughs> right, so, right. And you're going to be a better golfer anyway. But it's strategy. So you're choosing your strategy at first to choose the club, win, the kind of shot you want to hit. Being precise with it, not just I want to hit the fairway. Then you've got the I, which is choosing an intermediate point. Intermediate point. So Jack Nicholas does it, Tiger Woods does it, Justin Rose does it. Most top players do it. But, you know, a foot or so in front of the ball, intermediate point from where your uh, target or the start line that you want to start the ball on, you know, and, and setting up to, 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 to suit that. And that moves into the M of the simple, which is matching your setup to that intermediate point and the strategy. So it knocks on. Yep. Then you've got the, the P, which is, you know, in your practice swing and prediction, you're doing a, a rehearsal that really matches everything you're trying to accomplish, that feel that you want to experience, like, you know, that prediction of the shot, that uh, feel of it all. You know, it's not about positions. It's just, does this feel like a, a high fade? Does this swing feel like that? Can I see it? Can I feel it? And you can do practice, a practice swing that does that. Even just clipping the turf, it's basically just letting go. You know, focusing on the target, but just breathing and letting it go. Not worrying about anything, just let gravity do the work. And the E is the evaluator at the end, which is what parts of, not really what happened with my swing, it's not so much about that, is what part of that simple process did I either not do perfectly or could I do better? Because I guarantee you, the better you get at each of those steps, the better the golf is every yes. single time. And, and that's the most transformative thing that I have done with students, whether it's online, just keeping them on that path. And we've got a program coming out that is just going through all of that process in more in depth. We've got videos, yeah. that walk people through it briefly, um, but it's a very powerful key. And, you know, working online with people, that's something that you can embed when you're not, you know, bamboozling them with complicated technique. Yeah, I, that's that's a great acronym, and I think that's there's a lot of takeaways from that. To again, keep it as simple as you can, so that you don't overcomplicate the process. That's yeah. that's great. All right, so let's do this. Let's transition to uh, our segments called "What's in the Bag," right? So we like to get an idea as to you know instructors, you know what clubs are they using? Um, is there anything specific that you like to kind of go over with regards to what what you're swinging now these days? Yeah, well, um, I've not ever really been a techno well what's the opposite of a technophobe a techno geek i guess as far <laughs> as technology it's like if it feels good i've kept with it i had an old you know when i was once with callaway i had an old driver of theirs for like six years but i had like a 90 pound uh shot 90 pound 90 gram i mean that would be heavy. <laughs> Um, 90 gram a shaft and it was actually the dynamo one the same as um, tiger woods had for a number of years it had like a strong ridge on it and i and i loved it um and i couldn't actually get it fitted because they're, they're hard to come by i couldn't get it fitted into the new tailor maids that i have which are like the m3s the the driver there but they you know that's what i'm using at the moment for the longest time i used callaway i had hogan before which were really nice 
and apparently the new Hogan's are great, but it's, it's, you know, I'm using tailor-made forged, so it's the 750s. They work for me, and I, I've yeah. always, uh, well, I'd say probably for about eight, 10 years, I've had the, the Nippon shafts, the same as Henrik Stenson uses, yeah. extra stiff, heavy, because I like a heavy iron, uh, I really do, because I like that feel of allowing gravity to help me, as right. if I'm wielding more of a weapon. And that, and, and my, that's why I try and really try and weigh down my drivers more. I've always been, a, a, you know, I, I don't wanna say exceptionally long hitter, but I have. Like my swing speed was always like above 124 or whatever, like with a driver. So I've always been, you know, since I started, I've, distance was never my issue. It was yeah. sort of controlling it a bit. Um, <laughs> But I would always recommend a couple of things to people to have slightly thicker grips. Most people have, like at least the midsize or one or two layers of tape. It just helps keep the hands a bit more passive because most people have medium to large size hands, I would say. And oftentimes the, the, the grips, people just get a bit too twitchy with the grip. But the thicker you have a grip, it, again, it just feels like you've got something that you're wielding a bit more that you're cutting through the grass a bit better. And the, you know, a weight, there was a big sort of move to light clubs, light and speed and everything like this. And I think that kind of messed a lot of people up. And that's where the swings started becoming a lot shorter, snatchier, things like this. Yeah. You, know, you even look at Tiger Woods when he won in 97, the, the sort of languid length and the, the tempo that he had as opposed to what he does or he's better now, but what he was for a few years, it was much shorter, snappier, trying to swing faster, faster, faster. But if you allow gravity to help you and the, the equipment enables you to do that a bit more, it yeah. gives you more distance. It really does. And yes, you can get fitted and all that kind of stuff, but try it out. I, I would love people to try out some heavier clubs and just thicker grips, especially on wedges as well. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice. And hopefully some of the listeners will take you up on that and hopefully give you some feedback on it as well. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So let's do this. Let's do our shotgun round. So our shotgun round is we're going to ask you just a bunch of questions. You're going to answer as quickly as you can uh, just to get an idea as to kind of what you prefer here. So favorite golfer for you? Ernie Els. Smooth. Really smooth. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy watching him play. He got me into golf. I copied him. And I've always been thankful that I've had a smooth tempo. I mean, not as good as Ernie, but that's always been my, my sort of uh, structural standpoint. And he's just chill as well. Yeah, yeah. And a nice guy. But, yeah. Uh, How about our favorite golf brand? Oh, man, that's hard for me to say, especially as I'm working on a couple of deals with people right now. So, <laughs> uh, I, right. I, I, I would say, okay, I, I would say I dislike the golf brands who pump out the latest driver that's going to add 10 yards and it comes out every six months, you know, sure. all, all this kind of stuff. Like yeah. I, I hate them. Yeah. They're the ones I struggle with. All right. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Our preferred drink or snack while playing. I, I'll always have like a, a sort of protein um, sort of drink and an energy bar of some sort. Nice. 100%. Nice. Uh, what do you prefer? Par threes or par fives? Par fives always. Yeah, for a guy who hits long, I, I yeah. wouldn't see why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> How about a uh, cart or walk? Walking every day. Yeah, I mean, listen, it maintains that baseline level of conditioning that most people are, are lacking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, what about uh, Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore? 
Can I choose Tin Cup? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, that was that was the alternative to those two, right? Tin Cup was again. The, it's well, funny it, when we were. The reason why I, was, I mean, I, I love Tin Cup, but it actually became a, um, a, a like a, a what's a bit of a ritual of mine. I watched it the night before a competition, and I, sh- I shot a few in the park or something. I was like, oh, okay. And, <laughs> and I saw it at the movie theater like three times as well. I think it was or something. But um, I, I really got into it. But I'm, I've watched it probably a couple hundred times. So. Well, it's funny too, because when we first started this podcast, you told me that at one point in time you were missing, when you first started golf, you were missing a putter. And the first thing I thought of was, was Tink Cup when he was putting with the yeah. seven iron, right? So uh, that's, that's there's, funny. There's, how... there's a lot of similarities between Roy McElroy. McElroy. And then uh, myself. <laughs> All right. How about a uh, favorite golf memory? Ooh, favorite golf memory? I would say, yeah, my first, my first Euro Pro Tour event. Like I, I remember being on the first tee, nervous, and then sort of, and like really nervous. But then switching it around because uh, it was before the range. There was a, I actually gathered a few people watching me hit golf balls that gave me a lot of confidence. Sure. Um, and a few that a couple of those have turned into pretty successful tour players. So it's like people watching me hit golf balls and I heard them over talking like how I was striking it and stuff. Like it sounds a bit arrogant and cocky, but it's a, it's a nice. It's a confidence argument. booster, right? Confidence yeah, booster nice is you made it. And then when I was nervous on the first tee, I was remembering that on the range and I just sort of went into a bit of a zone. I think um, I didn't even use a tee peg. I sort of, the way I, cause I was so nervous, I kind of got arrogant about it in a way. And I just tossed the golf ball down and uh, I picked up a three wood and just didn't even take a practice swing and just nutted it like straight down the fairway because that was the only way. Like if I stood there and think, am I good enough? How's my swing looking? So that's a good confidence memory about how mind over matter can help. Sure, absolutely. All right, so uh, last question of the shotgun round. Um, Who's someone you'd recommend we'd reach out to to be a guest on the show? Oh, good question. There's definitely a couple... Sean Clement is great. Wisdom in golf. We've done uh, a few things. We've even got a program that we've done together. He's very much about the natural golf swing and instinct and things like this. Yeah. And yeah. So, so he's, he's really good. Awesome. Well, what we'll have to do is we'll have to reach out to him at some point and see if we can get him on the show. Yeah. And there's Andy Gorman as well. He's like putting and short game. He's got, he works with a lot of tour players and, you know, hackers alike. And he has some really good stuff that helps people you know, with a very important part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Alex, this was, this was a great conversation, man. I really appreciate you spending some time with us. Oh, um, thanks for having me on. All right. So Alex, for, for those who maybe want to learn more about what you do or maybe want to work with you directly, what's the best way they can reach out to you and contact you across your social media platforms? Yeah, I would say a simple Google or go to the website, theartofsimplegolf.com, sign up to our newsletter. You get a great series there of videos. And each week we give out uh, you know, really great videos, lessons, tips, all that kind of stuff. And then we've got a, um, a popular Facebook group that you can join, The Art of Simple Golf. And uh, on YouTube as well, you can see, we put out, you know, well, at least a video a week, whether it's myself or one of our contributors. And now you're one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but, I'll, I'll yeah. say this. I'll say this, um, you know, coming across the Facebook group and then being exposed to the YouTube page, it's just a lot of great actionable things that you can utilize, right? And again, like you had mentioned, 
not everything's going to work for a specific person, but that's why you, you put stuff out there to see what works best for that, for that one person that might really resonate with. And all of a sudden it takes their game to the next level. Yeah, exactly. You know, we have a few different resources like series put together and people often ask, which is best for me. And I can't give a, a direct answer. And then I, I ask a few more questions, you know, and we are actually putting together a Q and a, but it's also just what resonates with people. Yeah, every every golf is different really and and just think about the top 50 in the world they drive differently they swing differently they putt differently they use different equipment so it's it's finding what works for people and helping them find it for themselves as well that's great well alex thanks so much for your time you know stay safe where you are and uh thanks so much yeah thanks so much and guys we'll catch you on the next episode thanks so much Hey everyone, thanks so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. If you enjoy the content of this show, we would love it if you would leave an iTunes review to help us grow and expand our ability to provide you with the golf information you are seeking. If you're listening to this show and are dealing with aches, pains, or issues from golf that haven't been resolved, or you're not exactly sure where to turn, then let us know how we can help. Whether you are local or not, you can work directly with us through our pain-free golf performance program, which is completely virtual and online. This program is customized to you and your goals of playing your best golf yet. We would assess how well you move to give us a baseline of what you can do, and then based on that assessment, come up with a training program best suited for you. We are offering a special podcast promotion, which gives you access to our program at a reduced rate. You can inquire by going to manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf. Again, MANA is spelled M-A-N-A. So it's manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash painfree golf and use the promo code podcast when inquiring so we can help you feel better and play better golf. Be sure to tune into next week's episode and we'll catch you then.